Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one session in both French or English, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and our website can be found at lifecoachdanamzalife.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our fourth episode of season 13, a special guest, Wendy Posilico, a high-performance mindset coach, and just like every of my past episode, I will leave it up to the guests to probably introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Wendy, the floor is yours. Great. Thanks, Dr. Dan. So excited to be here. Um, my name is Wendy Basilico. As you mentioned, I do high-performance mindset coaching. Uh, but really, I, I struggle. I, I really help people really connect who they are. So uh, my, my whole mission is to help people find their uniqueness and find fulfillment in their being and then evolve from there. And so I really hold people's space. I don't have anybody's answers. <laughs> uh, and I do the same work I do with everybody else. So it's not, you know, I'm not unique in that way, but we're all learning to be our best. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, uh, uh, Wendy. Now, obviously, as you know, we practice what we preach. So what have you implemented in yourself to be able to become a mindful person before you start teaching this to everyone else? Gosh, I mean, I was a late bloomer for sure. Um, athletic, uh, always came alive when sports uh, was, when I played young sports, I played division one lacrosse in college. And then once as a woman, once sports ended, I really felt disconnected like on paper it all looked good I had my master's I was teaching in Harlem and I I just couldn't understand why I felt flat and I I think my journey of my own discovery I come from a very big Italian uh, family from New York I'm one and one of six in the middle and I kind of lo got lost in not really going after the things inside that I knew I should have but I kind of did what I was supposed to so I really didn't wake up until I took up the sport of golf um, in at the age of 28, 29. Um, and it kind of fell in my lap mistakenly. Uh, I was on a spring break. Um, my dad asked me to play golf and I, I hated golf. <laughs> I literally could not. It, it really like, I don't know. It was just like watching paint dry to me. I, I was like, <laughs> so boring and my parents would talk and travel and talk about why the ball didn't go where it was supposed to and I was like oh god so I just played with my dad that day and and I remember being on the range and one of his buddies were like god Joe she can hit it and and then another guy the same day like Joe she's better than you and so that night at dinner my dad was like I was teaching in Harlem and he was kind of like uh, Wendy you should really give this game a try and I was I, I can't, I have to go back exactly. I think I was 28 at the time. And he's, and I remember thinking, is this my second chance? Cause I left so much talent, even though I was division one, I just never had a coach or someone like take in what I knew I had in me. And I was like, is this my chance? 
and you know, your head, when you're going in a direction or even thinking about something that's so outside the box at the age of 29 to take on a sport, I think my head was like, I'm nuts. Why am I thinking this? But then my, my gut was saying go. And I had no idea how to get there. And that was really the pivotal moment of when I started discovering who I am. Um, because I had, I was going in, there was no cushion, even though I came from, my dad was a successful businessman. There was no, like, I was just putting myself in a total direction that made no sense. And not many people believed in me, actually, to tell you the truth. My parents, like, they're good. They wanted goodness. But, like, I think of my dad, Italian, he wanted me to get married, <laughs> having kids, you know. And I was, here I was, like, going after this crazy dream. And so that's, I went down that road. I mean, I can go into, like, what the sport taught me. Um, but it, to me, um, that was the beginning of the struggle of going down a direction that, I, my heart was saying go, but like I had everything pulling me in a different direction, if that makes sense. Yes. So what made you become a coach? Was it because you wanted to have um, another way to express yourself outside of sports? So I, I played professional golf for seven years and somehow I knew I didn't want to go back to Harlem and I got in the profession of teaching. So I taught golf and that's, again, how things happen. Like you don't even know how things pop in your lap, but I, some guy took a risk. I never taught golf before and he took a risk, um, Michael Breed. Um, and he took me on and I worked in the golf industry for 10 years. However, I worked for two different companies, elite courses, elite teachers. Um, one I worked for, worked for seven years, both I got let go of. Okay. Um, so I think in my head, what happened was I watched how I learned about my mindset as a performer in golf, but also when I taught golf, I realized how, how these, I've taught a lot of successful businessmen, billionaires that they didn't bring that same mindset to the course. And I was like, how does that, how do you, you would never run your business the way you're taking on this game. So I just realized there's so, there's so much not taught to us. I know I was left without a mindset in my early age. And I just realized like how much we need to start training our minds to connect to who we are. I see. Did you get your pro card with the PGA Tour and all? I went through three qualifying schools. My second qualifying school was an aha um, because I thought I was ready the first one you're learning second one i was five years in a lot of investment of a lot of sacrifice a lot of money i spent to get there and then i failed and at that time um i remember i never wanted to call my mom or my coaches because i was embarrassed like i was like how do i go put all this into this game and i knew i had talent more than some of these girls and I called, the only one I called was my girlfriend from college who played, uh, played lacrosse with me. And she had introduced me to a guy um, that day. I missed the cut. Um, and he was in Tahoe, uh, California. And he was a chiropractor who did some self-development work. And I called him up. I was like, I don't know why I'm calling you, but I'm, I'm hitting my head against the wall. And I was like, I don't know why, like, why... I feel so like, I know I'm supposed to do this, but like, I'm not tapping into my talent. So he had me take this personality test and 20 minutes later, he called me. It's like, what does golf have to do with team? 
And I said, and, and I was like, nothing. And he goes, well, why do you play the game? And I remember that moment because I, I remember I never really asked myself that question. Even though I knew I had talent and I wanted to be on the LPGA, I never really had a deeper meaning. And it just came out of my mouth. I was like, I'm supposed to be on a platform to give back to the world or I'm going to meet someone on this journey that's going to help me get in that direction to help the world. And he said, good, because you holding a trophy will not will make you happy. And it was such an aha. And it put the pressure off. Like I went into the next year training. I gave myself one more year. And I just said, life is going to unfold the way it's supposed to. And I and that was like such a I don't know how to explain. Like, I, I think it's so funny how we go, you know, into jobs or you know, we go down these roads and we don't really ask, like, what do we want out of this? You know? from a deep level, not the obvious, you know? And I think it's, it was an aha for me at the age of 35. Like, how did I spend five years, um, you know, like sacrificing and all this stuff. And like, I really didn't have a deep down reason, you know? And then when it comes to um, helping your clients to be able to find that, find their true calling, either mm -hmm. being in business or being teaching, being in sport, whatever it is, are there specific strategies that you use that actually kind of bring them to that aha moment? Yeah, I really start with, we call it the ethos. Like I start with them really getting clear with what makes them great and actually going back into their own story because I, I, I really, I know I have, I learned a lot by my own story um, to see where we stood for something, see where we struggled, it was more in the, it, the stories that I love to learn with my clients, the times where they struggled, but somewhere they found like a way to stand for themselves. And I think they can learn a lot about who they are and where it disconnects in their current life, if that makes sense. So we really go into ethos. So they learn their strengths of character, learn their philosophy of life. And they really, it, it takes time. Like this is not, you know, it doesn't come overnight, but the philosophy, the personal philosophy, the, the thing that makes them tick. Also learning about influencers in their life. Who, who do they gravitate to? So we really get into that and then make a declaration of like, who do you want to be? Like moving forward, what do you want and who do you want to be? So to me, that is like the meat at the beginning. And it, of course, it's always re evolving, but that getting clear, it gives them some strength to get into the mindset, to get into the being part of living your June is what I call it. But, you know, we all have a uniqueness. And like, if, if we don't walk in into that or, or embrace that uniqueness, you know, we're leaving that untapped. And so I think that's what I was missing in my life early on. And I feel um, that's when I help people the best is like, get really clear on the, of who they are, and what makes them great and alive. Mm -hmm. But do you feel, I mean, when you said to be, uh, when you said something about living your June, why do, is it the month that you're talking about, the month of June? Uh, yes, I'm <laughs> talking about the month of June, but the way I see it is the name of the company, it's, it's again, evolved in time. It started off as Wendy Basilica Coaching that is morphed into this live your June. So my dad's name was Joseph June. He passed 20 years ago. He is was a, a huge influencer in my life, even the pain in the ass to tell you the truth, excuse me, but, but like he, he tested me and, and challenged me. And um, so I take a piece of him 
while I live into the things that make me come alive. And then my goal is to leave it for future generations like my daughter and her name is Josie June, Josephine June. So she's named after my dad. So it's like, I believe everybody has this, this uniqueness and a responsibility to live into the, that essence that they were born to be so we can make the world better and, and, and leave your imprint. Um, so I'm, I'm a big believer in leaving a bold imprint. Like you don't want to think, oh, I should have. Yes. You know? That's yeah. A lot of people say they always regret the choices that they didn't make or the, the action that they didn't take in their lives. Yeah. And focus too much on the things that they should have done and mm-hmm. should have, would have, or whatever else. Um, now, when it comes to people living in the moment, being mindful, is this something that you try to make them practice a lot? Because a lot of people always live either in the past mm. or a future that is uncertain. They never understand really what the moment is, the power of now. Um, so how do you bring them back in sync with the moment that they live their life in. So I think of it, I mean, again, I think golf or sport gives a tangible thing to help people see that. It's very, mindset work is so hard and that's why people I feel like kind of avoid it. But when you think of it from sports, like if I have to go to qualifying school and all the pressure is on me, um, I've got to be so in the moment or you think of, you know, like a, any top athlete, you, when you see those people performing, they are in the moment. They cannot perform. Think of Olympic athlete, think of Kobe, Serena, whatever they're, they are so there and they're not thinking about the past shot or the past. And I think, um, it's very easy to get in a pattern of either past thinking or wishing your life was different. And when you connect to you, who you are, you can start to work on the things you have control over. I think it's all about control. Um, and I, I, and again, it goes back to sports. I mean, you know, I only have control over this moment over the ball. You know, I can't think of the shot that I screwed up the time before. I can't think about, oh gosh, I got to shoot this score to get the cut. I got to be right here in the moment. And I, I think if, if your listeners or someone that ha- struggles with past or future focus, they can think of it like a sport or f- find someone that they emulate with and go, how do they operate? Oh, and notice things. And then when it's more about awareness, when do I get off track and bring yourself back to focus? I mean, if I do it, yeah. I mean, you know, we all have our moments. We all have. Absolutely. But now when it comes to a lot of people not trusting themselves or believing in themselves, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll- like um, in the laws of attraction, it says that the thoughts becomes the things, but a mm. lot of people have to put action and belief behind it. Mm. Now, when some people have dealt with traumatic experiences, whatever that either failure in business, failure in personal life or whatever else, how do you bring them back into believing in themselves? Again, to me, I, I think it goes back to the stories of past that have given them they've had strength but they don't recognize it and I and I really if they can I I do a lot of writing for them to unwind oh I didn't realize this about myself or I didn't realize I actually stood up there that that mattered to me and making these simple connections that were in their life that they didn't recognize and giving them fuel by those stories to to use when they get off 
off track or disbelief. It's a, and also self-talk is to me, the confidence comes from awareness of your thoughts that affect your actions and your words. I mean, for instance, I'll just give you a perfect story. I mean, somehow I've gotten a pattern of saying like, sorry about that. It's like, sorry, comes out of my mouth. Like it's just another word. And what happens is my daughters learn that. And we're working really hard to shift that vocabulary because it's so, um, I don't want to apologize for being me. I don't, you know, I, I can use different language to say that point that uh, I can apologize, but not more in power, if that makes sense. So really watching our language that disempowers our belief about ourselves. And then it, it's like a, pa a pattern that it carries over, and, you know. But do you think, like, I mean, when you say that you're sorry, but are you sorry for the your actions or you're sorry about bumping into them? That's the thing. I, I don't even think I'm sorry. I think it's become such a habit of language for myself. So this is, again, I'm late bloomer. I'm 51. I probably woke up in my 30s to 50 to be really connected to myself. But way back when, and you can, you're a psychologist, you can understand, like, my patterns Actually, I, I did some EMDR. Is that EMDR? With a little bit of tapping and releasing the energy inside of me. But like I came to a story about when I was in first grade, um, I was on the bus and some guy lifted up my skirt and I went home and was like sad. And my mom was like, oh, just put on shorts. And then I went back on the bus. But like when I go back to the story, like I didn't stand. And I didn't like stand for myself. And then I became like, it's almost like I became this apologetic human. I see. And so that's, that's my growth. And I, and I see like, you know, these little stories that we have to unwind to, and I'm not a psychologist like you, but I know they, they affect us and how we operate, even if we don't want to operate that way. So we have to really see our stories as strengths and, and how we want to change going forward. Do you use the emotional freedom technique uh, in your practice as well when you teach uh, others? Again, I'm not tra officially trained, but somehow intuitively I have, I know I, I do tapping work. I do a lot of deep breath work, um, which I've worked on. Um, so I, I use different things to unwind the energy that's inside of the people I work with in a, kind of intuitive way like I, I don't never have a even like this podcast like I don't ever have a, like an agenda because life is constantly evolving and changing and when someone comes it's funny like I always think clients they're like they leave at the end of a magical moment but they came like oh, I don't really want to do this call and so those are like to me like life is that way like be open because there's sometimes we don't see we can miss something that normally if we're if we're not open we wouldn't see, I see. or or experience mm -hmm. in your uh, mindset coach practice uh, Wendy what, what are the most common uh, issues that you see when people come to you that they share with you in terms of like this is my problem so there must be some kind of co common denominator that repeats itself from one client to the other so which one would it be I, I think the most common is they actually don't uh know their problem or they don't know what they're thinking so when they come they know something's off 
And then when they start to, first of all, they realize they don't have space in their everyday life to actually do this work. Um, so I think the space, um, I think they become aware that like how important this work is, uh, no matter who they work with, I think we all need someone to talk to, you know, to unwind our thinking. Our brain is constantly in survival mode to like get us protected. Right. And um, I think the the common theme is overwhelm. Um, I don't know if they always put it as unfulfilled, but there's something missing. Okay. And I would say those are the two. And majority of people that come to me are usually already have been successful, but they're missing something. Like, like I'm not dealing with, we all have trauma, but I'm not, they're not coming to me for trauma. They're more like something's off and it might be just their community, like do, doesn't operate their, the way their unique self wants to operate. And they've been in this community for a long time. And it's just like, they want something, but they just can't pin it. I see. So, but those problems that they cannot pin on, has it been in them for a while or just there was a certain trigger that brought them to feel like oh it's definitely a trigger i would say like usually it's a transition like it could be a death it could be a job change it could be a breakup it could be a move um you know i or just over burnout you know i think our life is full of just noise that most some people are so tired and they forget that like this comes first before everybody else that is so true. So how can people find you, uh, Wendy? Like, uh, where are you available? What What is like, uh, in terms of your schedule, do you offer like a specific eight-week program? Is it a 12-week? Because a lot of coach, they offer like, you have to show commitment to be able yep. to program. So is there something that is on-the-go service or they have to follow from week one till week 12 before they could find themselves, as you mentioned? Yeah, I have a 12-week a program. Um and then I all, which is a high performance program, but I'm really building this ethos program to connect to their self, um, to live their June. So it's more about really getting clear on who they are and who they want to, what they want and who they want to be. Um, so that program is about four weeks to get really just, so I think, I think our journey, uh, as, as someone who's coming to us, it's hard to trust. And so there's this hesitant so until they see what's possible, they've got a little bit, I believe the work takes a, you know, this is like not, it takes a, a longer time, but just, I want to give them a month idea of what's possible. And then the mindset and the, and the mindfulness work after that. So really that ethos work, um, I'm putting out a course in the next month that I've really put a lot of time into. I already have been coaching it all along. I just haven't put it to paper um, in a sense of like, now people can do it in an automated way where I hold them in a weekly way live, but they're doing it on an online course. So that's what I do. I, the ethos course um, is a month and then that leads them to the mindset and uh, mindful work, which can take up to 12 weeks basically. And then I do one-on-one -on -one work depending on what people need. Do you go to organization and offer as well to speak to uh, CEOs or corporate uh, executives? That's my next plan. I do a lot of sports. Um, again, like I really believe in it goes from the top. So whether you're a coach, CEO, 
you you set the tone. I set the tone for my business. You set the tone. So I want to work with the CEOs. I want to work with the top, like the top people that are leading people underneath, because when they can have a better understanding of how they are and what they want, they can hold the, that space for the people underneath them. It's leadership, right? We all need good leadership. I agree with that. I didn't have it either. I have to say like, you know, growing up my, all my teachers that I struggled in school and I was an amazing athlete. I never had a coach that was like, you know, and I think, I think that's important to have one person that believes in you and that sees things that you don't see in yourself. I agree. I agree. If there was like more coaches that could help the students, but now they call them school counselors. Yes. Yes. Like so, but this is more about okay. Where do you want to go in in uh, after school or after high school, whatever it is? What do you want to become? This is more like of a professional gear, but no one is really helping people on how to really focus on their life, focus on what yeah. they achieve, and this is what we see a big void in the edge. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I think people are lost. I I was lost. Yeah. You know. And no one asks questions. It's being curious and asking the questions to get people to stir the pot. I agree with you on that one, Wendy. Well, on that note, uh, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time of your very busy schedule, uh, Wendy, to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 13 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories just like the one that you listened to today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. Life is too short to wake up with regrets. Focus your energy on the people that treat you right and forget about the ones who don't. Learn to believe more in yourself and invest in your knowledge and accomplishment. Everything in life happens for a reason, and everything that does not happen may or may not be in your control. Stop putting too much energy on the things that you can control and focus on the things that you can. If you get the opportunity to try something new, take it. And because if you don't, you may regret it. If the opportunity does come along and changes your life for the better or the worse, then let it be. The opposite of success is not failure. It is lessons. As you may already know, nobody ever said that life would be easy. But for the many who do take life foot by their horns, always say it's all worth it. My name is Dr. Dan Emzelag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.